Hey, have you heard about our all-new free PDF that you can download? It's called Five Ways Unresolved Trauma May Be Derailing Your Relationship. And if you're a couple that has done the date nights and attended the relationship retreats and learned the communication skills, read the latest books on marriage, but you still find yourself stuck in a loop of pain and frustration, then this PDF is for you. If one moment everything is fine and the next moment everything feels crazy and that is familiar, I encourage you to go to restoringthesoul.com, scroll down, fill in your email, and get the free copy of our all-new PDF, Five Ways Unresolved Trauma May Be Derailing Your Relationship. You're going to find it very helpful. Most people feel like they read this and they wonder if we've been reading their mail. They say, this is us. It's going to be of help. Check it out now at restoringthesoul.com. Welcome to Restoring the Soul, a podcast dedicated to helping you close the gap between what you believe and what you actually experience. I'm your producer, Brian Beatty. Thanks for listening. Michael, wonderful to be with you again, my friend. It is good to be with you. Let's just jump right in. Since uh, last time we talked about COP accountability, this time we're talking about coach accountability, and the next episode we'll wrap it all up with cardiologist accountability. Yeah, we're actually, this is a three-part podcast series, kind of tacked on to the end of our Surfing for God series. And uh, Michael, just a couple quick points to kind of set the tone for our discussion today. Accountability requires vulnerability. Vulnerability requires trust. And even a a point that you made uh, in last episode, that you're not necessarily a huge fan of accountability, but like air, you know, you need it to live, drive, and survive, as it were. Yeah, I've 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 known very few people that have a significant compulsion or addiction where they get a little bit of accountability and the problem goes away. Accountability is uh, typically helpful for bad habits or for uh, a lack of um, skill or when somebody just needs some support but not for something that has its roots or tentacles into us. And the key part, Brian, is what people forget is it's it's not what's done in any of these models of accountability. It's the relationship. See, addiction is known, and especially sexual addiction, as false intimacy. And so accountability if it's if it's doing anything good is to offer a real kind of intimacy in a real relationship so the addict and the one struggling can connect with the other person and begin to experience something of that sense of what their heart is hungry for to be known to to be uh, loved and wanted and to be um, to be, to have the person be with them when they're at their worst and to say I'm not going to run out of here. That's what our hearts are all hungry for is to is to be wanted for who we really are. So this uh, accountability matrix, the three parts that you mentioned, uh, cop accountability, coach accountability, and cardiologist accountability. Uh, for today's episode, let's um, dial in on coach accountability. Michael, what's the essence of this particular part of the matrix? Where 
the cop model is about law enforcement and the cop is going to write me a ticket. So if I sin, I know there will be a negative consequence. There will be a punishment and I will feel shame. The coach model is a step up where generally the person with the struggle has come to terms with that. They've been open about that. Uh, they have been humble and they have di- disclosed. And the person in the in the coach model is less about trying to get the truth and more about trying to inspire. Whereas the cop model, the relational focus is checking in. Tell me if you did something or not. Tell me if you sinned. Tell me what happened. The coach model is about building in. And so it's building in skill. It's building in uh, tools. It's giving information and helping to educate someone. You know, if a person goes to any 12-step group in the world, part of the actual uh, opening of a meeting is that they always read through basically the 12 steps and the 12 traditions, and sometimes they will read through uh, some of the details of the constitution of that particular meeting and 12 steps in general. And it always says, if you would like information, including pamphlets and literature or other resources, please come up to one of the leaders after the meeting, and there's a shelf of books. And if nothing else, the brochures tell you about the particular addiction for that meeting, like uh, Cocaine Anonymous or Overeaters Anonymous or Alcoholics Anonymous. And right from the beginning, there's the opportunity for people to get information, like, oh, there's four out of five people struggle with this, or um, I, it says I should go to three meetings a week, or what's a sponsor, all that kind of thing. So the coach is not unlike a sponsor in AA and the 12 steps. The coach is a trainer who is working alongside this person who has begun to buy in, and they are an encourager. And just like a coach in um, any sport, and sometimes it's helpful to think about like junior high track instead of the Olympics. When a person is just starting out running the hurdles and they've never done that before, um, they need to know like how to stretch and how not to crash the hurdle over. And they're not focusing on trying to get the fastest time. They're just learning about some of the basics. And so one of the things that I remember very early on learning, and this is often done with coach accountability, Uh, listeners may be familiar with the acronym HALT, H-A-L-T. And so one of the questions for coach accountability that's often asked is, you know, are you using HALT and are you monitoring? And it stands for hungry, angry, lonely, tired. I used to add onto that uh, empty and disconnected, so HALTED. So are you aware of if you're hungry, we are more likely to be tempted. Why? Because hunger is a state of craving and need. And so if I am 20 minutes from home and I skipped lunch and I'm really wanting to have some dinner, if I go by a strip club, uh, it actually means that if I'm an addict, I'm much more likely to go in there than if I'm nourished and and filled up. Um, Angry. Now we talk, of course, about people who are hangry, where they've got low blood sugar. We talk about that in our house. (laughs) But um, a lot of pornography 
uh, use is anger acted out toward a spouse or a partner that's then uh, projected, uh, not necessarily onto the image on the screen, but a sense of F you, you hurt me, you rejected me, and so I'm now going to turn to this. And so anger and resentment are often underneath. Um, Lonely, so feelings of disconnection, feelings of isolation, that ache in the heart where we can even be around other people or be around our spouse and feel lonely, and that can often be uh, a trigger. Uh, Tired, might be not sleeping well, it could just be a season of weariness, but all of these are uh, work around identifying triggers. And in Surfing for God, I, I talked about identifying triggers, but there's also uh, triggers that are shame triggers. Anything can be a trigger, but if people stop with coach accountability, they're simply going to be uh, moving from that external focus to a little bit deeper focus where it starts to become internal. So, for example, asking about hungry, angry, lonely, tired, it's going from just the behavior to, hmm, maybe there's something going on in me. I didn't just mess up. I didn't just not try hard enough, but there's reasons for why I'm doing what I'm doing. And the coach accountability friend or coach accountability partner or counselor, or spiritual director, or pastor, they're beginning to look at what some of those causes are. I also remember um, that there were a list of questions going around, and and one of them was kind of getting this buy-in. So, you know, a good coach is going to try to inspire the athlete uh, to not just train harder and, and run faster, but to be more committed to the overall process. And so I've heard this question, you know, are you just all in? Uh, are you willing to do whatever it takes to make this happen? And that's a that's a helpful question once, but the more that that comes around, it's just kind of like a hammer on a nail saying, well, you're just not committed enough. You're just not willing to do what it takes. And over time, that then leads to hiding, which is a kind of lying, and it might not be an outright lie, but not disclosing the full truth. Things like um, stopping going to meetings or stopping going to counseling, and as long as nobody asks me if I'm not offering that, then you know I'm not actually lying. So uh, it's to get buy-in. It's to uh, to inspire. And where in the COP model, the currency, what is used in the, the trans- transaction is disclosure in the COP model and that that requires a kind of humility in order for it to work, to be honest, to trust the other person. But in the coach model, it's effort. And the effort is the coach is inspiring me, the, t- the coach is teaching me, giving me tools, um, and in this relationship, helping me to overcome this. But the expectation is I'm putting in the effort. And if I put in enough effort, then I'm going to reach my goal. And the motivation becomes I need to be committed. Uh, I need to, to truly be committed enough this time. But for people that have read Surfing for God and said, yes, I identify with this because I have tried harder, I have tried to be committed over and over and over again, and it's just not enough, they'll realize how exhausting that is. And instead of it being a gospel of sin management, which is 
the uh, COP accountability, this becomes a gospel of inspiration. And I think that it's a higher level of accountability because if I had to choose, I would much rather try to inspire someone and um, counsel someone who is open to being encouraged and inspired to change rather than someone who really wasn't open and their goal was just to try to stop the the behavior and to manage their sin. Because even with uh, discipleship, with spiritual growth, there's an essential part of equipping and teaching the disciple what it means to grow. So in and of itself, it's not, uh, it's not bad. It's just also incomplete. And we'll see that as we talk next episode about the cardiology or the cardiologist accountability, that there's a kind of blending all three of these together that can be seamless as we talk about a person's heart and about what's going on inside of them. You know, as it relates to coach accountability, we really shouldn't um, have favorites. Do I like cop accountability? I resonate more towards coach accountability because it feels like a very more deep uh, relational uh, connection. If you could talk about some of the outcomes when you're in this in this mode of coach accountability the outcomes are more uh, this is a question are there are the outcomes more honest are the outcomes deeper um, do you find the more true self that somebody is is um, is is uh, opening up um, and they're they're really developing a greater and a more trusting relationship with those that they're in accountability with does that always happen in coach accountability yeah, it's definitely more of an opening up because oftentimes the person will feel safer because there's not this expectation of shame. You know, so in COP accountability, every week I'm going to come and I'm going to tell you what happened. And if I had a good week, that means, you know, I only acted out this many times or I didn't do anything at all. And if I had a bad week, it means I really, you know, fell uh, and and it was more than I wanted it to be. So there is typically more of a safety with the coach accountability. The, where, it, where it still doesn't get to the true self is that the cardiologist accountability, as we'll talk about, is really about discovering the true self and allowing that part of us to be seen. Um, but let me just give a couple examples of questions uh, from uh, coach accountability. So one is the question, what losses have you experienced as a result of your struggle? What has the struggle cost you financially? Uh, it's, a, it's a common practice in 12 Steps, in uh, Sex Addicts Anonymous, and in some accountability groups to, to literally get a worksheet and to write out the losses and the cost. What has the struggle with sex addiction or porn addiction cost you emotionally, psychologically, physically? So with uh, sexually transmitted infections or diseases, uh, which are not uncommon, and with Christian men, there's that sense of, oh, that's not going to happen to me. Uh, there's that sense of it can be, it can cause great harm physically. 
Uh, back when I was a sex addict, it was still during the AIDS period. And one of the very first things that got me to stop and wake up to, oh my gosh, this is a problem, is that I had to, as a single Christian man, had to go sit in the uh, dirty lobby of an inner city anonymous AIDS clinic to get a, a HIV test. And to me, that was like, what have I become? And so there was this great cost there. And as you can see, this kind of question is like the coach saying, okay, what's the farthest distance you've run? Okay, 12 miles. So in order to run the half marathon, we want to get up to like 15 miles, which is a couple miles farther than the longest distance that you'll run for the race, and then kind of work backwards and figure all that out. And and so in the same way, for a person to stop and to reflect, that's a part of this as well. Um, another question, the, the coach accountability would be on a scale of 1 to 10, um, how motivated are you to actually overcome the problem? Now, that is a coach question, but what if the person uh, says five? Hmm, okay, um, uh, what's that about? Well, I'm just not very motivated today because yesterday I, I acted out sexually. Okay, um, when was the last time it was higher? Well, that's actually as high as it's been. Okay, and so that then would become a question about the heart, and if the person was able to, that coach, and again, this is not a conscious thing, like you take off one hat and then put on another, but the coach would then ask a question and say, well, what do you think's going on in your heart in terms of your your battle for hope, in terms of uh, the fears that are there about whether you can change or not? And in that instance that I just made that's hypothetical, the person might say, well, you know, you're the the 10th person I've talked to about the struggle, and I've been to five counselors, and I'm 55 years old, and I've been struggling with this since I was 10, and I just don't feel like I can ever change. Oh, well, no wonder you feel like a five. So see, everything that's revealed or shared in a safe relationship should should all become uh, grist in the mill to talk about the heart in the relationship, because we're wounded in relationship. All of our addictions are a false, unhealthy relationship that alters our mood, that gives us a sense of connection, even with a, a substance or uh, a behavior. And it's, it's a real relationship in which we heal. You're listening to Restoring the Soul. I'm your producer, Brian Beatty, alongside Michael John Cusick, and we're in the middle of a three-part series on accountability. And today, um, we're wrapping up here. Uh, Michael, you talked about coach accountability. What do our listeners have to look forward to with our next episode as it relates to cardiologist accountability? On our final episode about accountability, we'll shift from COP to coach to cardiologist, which is really more of... um, discussing and talking about what's happening in a person's heart, thus the cardiology metaphor, uh, the language of the heart. And it's at this point where it transitions from actually accountability to accessibility, and it takes on uh, a whole new power, and the focus is on relationship instead of simply uh, change. So thank you for listening to another episode of Restoring the Soul. 
We want you to know that Restoring the Soul is so much more than a podcast. What we're all about is helping couples and individuals get unstuck. You know how some people go to counseling or marriage therapy for months or even years and never really get anywhere? Our intensive programs help clients get unstuck in as little as two weeks. To learn more, visit RestoringTheSoul.com. That's RestoringTheSoul.com. Thank you.